Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we talk about the Word of God related to our lives, how we can live better for Christ. This week we've been talking a lot about the events in Israel, and specifically today has been called a Worldwide Islamic Jihad Day of Rage. Wow, how, how ought we to respond to this? And I've got a great story I'm going to tell you here in just a couple of minutes, but let's give a little background first. Of course, we know that this is in response to the Islamic terror, the, the raid of Hamas out of Gaza into Israel that happened last Saturday in a horrific terrorist attack in which, I don't know if the numbers are still in yet, over 1,200 people who were murdered, ruthlessly murdered, most of them, the vast majority of them, civilians, and uh, Israel's caught off guard. It's a terrible, terrible situation. And we've been surprised, I've been surprised, perhaps you've been surprised, at how it's in so many places, the big cities around the Western world, London in particular, uh, Vienna, uh, European cities, Paris, here in the United States and some of our larger cities, New York, Chicago, uh, Seattle, San Diego, San Francisco, etc. Large, large demonstrations in support of Hamas, in support of what was done. It's hard to believe. And now there's been a call for a worldwide Islamic jihad. Jihad means struggle, technically. Some more moderate Muslims would say, well, it's just a personal struggle. But of course, many, many Muslims, of hundreds of millions of them, see jihad as an armed struggle, a struggle of force against the unbelievers, against those who would have the wrong religion or those who would worship idols, a false uh, 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 struggle of force and of political force. There's one thing we must understand about Islam that's different than Christianity here in America. In fact, this is something that's it's not different from Christianity in other some parts of the world. And that is, in America, we have what's called a separation of church and state. Now, that's not written into the Constitution, but what was in our Constitution is the idea that we would not have a mandated state religion, that to be an American, you had to have a certain religion. There's a separation there. There's a religious freedom here in America. In Muslim countries, this is not the case. Muslim countries, by and large, most of them, now some of them may allow it now, but in Muslim countries, there is not this separation. The state and the religion are pretty much hand in hand. And so the struggle of jihad is, is a political struggle, a physical struggle. It can be a military struggle. It can be a personal struggle with sin, but it is about the advancement of Islam by force, by political rule by authority. And this is what's been called for today. Well, of course, we also often think of jihad as terrorist attacks. And so the world is kind of on on uh, alert today. Many big cities have, have uh, reinforced their police forces in preparation for what could be happening. I wouldn't be encouraging you to pray for this. Uh, I'd probably avoid big cities uh, areas today uh, where there's these demonstrations because they could get violent and out of control. We saw that happen with the BLM just um, three years ago, and who knows what could happen at this time with a comparable day of rage. But 
What I want to say about how about us Christians? How about us Christians? I want to say a couple of things. Number one, sin should make us angry. Sin should make us angry. It's destructive. Sin is oppressive. Sin is sin to be a slave of sin is a terrible, terrible life. Jesus came to set us free from the slavery of sin. And where we see people who are captured by sin and, and are living it out and hurting others by their sin, that should be upsetting to us. Indeed, if you're not upset by what by the terrorist acts of last week, you got a problem. Your moral compass is kind of off if that doesn't bother you. But likewise, there's all kinds of sin that should be bothering us. When we see people captured by bitterness, hatred, when it's, even if it's in their hearts, sin is destructive. What we want to make sure is we get angry at the right, or we direct our anger the, the right way. Don't get angry at God. God is the one who gives us the commandments not to do such things. He's the one who said, don't commit murder. He's the one who said, forgive your enemies, things of this nature. Don't get angry at God, but get angry at the devil, because the devil's the one who's behind these things. Get angry at the flesh. Get angry at lies. Be ang- get, get angry at the, the, the lies that, that encourage and, and bring about false ideas that create, and these false ideas that create violent behavior. Direct your anger the right way. Let me tell you, folks, there are ideas in our world today that are held by millions of people, religious ideas that are dangerous ideas and that are deadly ideas. And we see that. What what happened in Israel is consistent with what people believe. It's consistent with what people believe. And so get angry. Be angry. But as Christians, we don't allow our anger to overcome us. And this is what some people do. Rather, we see others who are angry. And and, uh, one of my theme verses in life is found in Romans chapter 12. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus Christ, now listen, we talked the other day about how governments have a responsibility to deal with evildoers. And they're to deal with them by force and by power and by the, the power of government, and by the power of law. But as believers, as you and I, Jesus calls us to to not, that's not our job as individuals. Our job to treat those who have offended us or hurt us, we are to overcome them. We're not to become like them, but we're to overcome evil. How? With good. Now, let's be clear. Our government overcomes evil with, with uh, with force. We overcome evil with good. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be? I mean, we pray, and let me tell you, this cancer of of uh, terrorism. This can and terrorism is a tactic. This cancer of jihadi, violent jihadi terrorism. This this cancer. There's only one way it can be defeated, and that's with the truth of the gospel. And as people come to subject themselves to God, these people are not following God. They're not, they're not following the truth. They're not submitted to the Almighty. They're, they're following demonic spirits. They're, they're following a false, false ideas. And we've got to call it out as this. We've got to say it as this, that what's being done in the name of, of religion that kills people, this is not right. This is sinful. This is demonic. And what can overcome it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And I know it's very easy to say, like, how can you even pray for this? I mean, like, it's hordes of people marching with such anger, screaming, wanting to kill people. And how do you even reach such people? It's not easy, but but could but it can be done. I want to share a little story about a guy named Mossab Hassan Yosef, Yosef, who wrote a book, an autobiography called Son of Hamas. Maybe you've heard his story. I met him back in about 2010 uh, out in San Diego. I had the opportunity to hear him speak and briefly meet him afterwards. This is quite a story. My friends, <clears throat> this fellow grew up. His dad was one of the founders of Hamas. His dad was the cleric, the imam of the founding group of Hamas. This young boy uh, was raised with the idea of being a terrorist. At one point, he was the head of a youth youth Hamas movement. He, he There was quite a future for him in this organization. And indeed, had it not been for a miracle, he probably would have, he may well have been part of what went on in Israel this past week. And he may, he may well have been one of those terrorists. But there was a miracle. And God had a way of, he God had a way of reaching him. And he became a Christian. I believe it was in 2007, undercover. Uh, he was, he was uh, in Israeli prison. He was, he was arrested. He, he ended up playing both sides. He ended up being an uh, informant for Israel of what, uh, and saved many, many lives of what uh, Hamas was planning in terms of terrorist attacks. But in this process, he became a Christian. Can you imagine it? Here he was, the son of a leading terrorist, the son of one of the thought leaders of Hamas, the son of the son of the spiritual leader of Hamas, and he grows up and he finds Jesus Christ. And what was it that really affected him? Somehow he'd been given a New Testament, and he figured it was okay to read because Jesus is actually thought highly of in Islam as one of the great prophets. So he thought, well, this is be about Jesus. He can read it. And as he read it, and he got into the Sermon on the Mount, and he read a section, Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He said, yeah, that's what I do. I love my neighbors and I hate my enemies. I hate the Israelis. I hate the Jews. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And it struck him. He said, Jesus said that? love your enemies? He said he never heard such a thing. That It blew his mind. From then he began to devour the New Testament. It was, a, it was like this is new to him. And in time, he became a Christian, was baptized secretly. He escaped the West Bank in 2010, moved to the United States, was granted asylum, I believe, in 2014. He's lived a tough life. He's got a lot of, a lot of bad memories, a lot of things that he'd participated in that were evil, and his soul was, shall we say, hurt and damaged as he's trying to work this out. But it seems as if a genuine conversion, and he writes about it in this book, The Son of Hamas. If you want to understand what, uh, you want to understand Hamas, you understand their philosophy, and you want to see how they can be conquered. Now, again, we pointed out that the government's job, their their goal is to conquer them by force, to, to deal with evildoers. Our goal 
brothers and sisters, is the gospel. And if you want a good example of how that can happen and a testimony of seeing that, check out this book, Son of Hamas. You can get over into Amazon, Son of Hamas, Masab, Hassan, Yosef. You'll be encouraged by it, and it'll give you hope. Because sometimes it's really easy to think Muslims just don't come to Christ. And indeed, they're very, very difficult people to witness to. They're very difficult. They've been trained in why and how to respond to our Christian comments, our Christian apologetics. I've never met a Muslim in America, never met one who had not been trained in how to respond to everything we say. They've, they've, they take their religion seriously. It's very, very difficult to, to break through and win them. But this is the story of not only the story of someone who was one to Christ, but my goodness, someone whose future would have been one of the leaders of this terrorist organization. It's quite a story. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for the miracle of the gospel. We thank you that your hand is not so short that it cannot save, that you can save anyone. And Father, in these days where uh, the those supporters of Hamas are raging against Israel and raging against the Jews and raging with hatred, how I pray, Father, that in our anger at what has been done, in our shock at what has been done, in our disgust at what has been done, that you would help each of us get to the place where we overcome evil with good. And Father, how we pray today for your mercy and your kindness. We pray for a revival. We pray for salvations. Lord, I think of how many people I know who are working with Muslim refugees in Europe, working with Muslim refugees in, in America. How I pray, oh God, it's a tough field. It's hard work. And they've seen so little results in, after years of hard work. Father, you are the God of the breakthrough. You're the God of the breakthrough. You're a miracle-working God. And I think, Lord, of how sometimes a persecution can break out as in, in Acts 8. But Lord, sometimes like a great revival can break out just out of nowhere. And how we'd ask for this. And how we ask for whole multitudes of people who are today marching in the streets or will be marching as jihadi support of terrorism and evil. Lord, might there be a revival? Might they find the Prince of Peace? Might they find peace in their soul, which only comes through Jesus Christ. It does not come through hate. It does not come through anger. It does not come through politics. It does not come through Islam. It comes through Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Prince of Peace. I pray, Father, for this, and I pray for the people of Israel, Jewish people, who have been hurt so badly here this last week. And I pray for those who are being held hostage and those who've lost loved ones and those who've seen this carnage. And I pray, Father, that they would not turn away from you, but they would turn to you and find Jesus, in, find you as where they never have before by finding Jesus Christ. These are our prayers. Be with missionaries who are working amongst the Muslim people, missionaries who are working amongst the Jewish people. Be with them, I pray, and help each of us to be a faithful witness, because we believe more and more, Lord, the answer has got to be the reconciliation that can only be found through Jesus Christ. We pray and bless you today, and we love you in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, this day of rage, international, worldwide, jihad, day of rage, let's overcome evil with good. Protect yourself. Make sure uh, it might be nothing come of it where you live. There might be some violence break out. Be wise. Be careful. Be courageous. Okay? 
Hey, thanks for joining me. If you're new, welcome. We come here every morning live at 8.30 a.m. We talk about the Word of God and how it can apply to our lives. Often we're studying a book of the Bible or something, but this week we've been dealing with this uh, tragedy over in Israel and how to think about it. This is a new thing. You know, it almost looked like Islamic terrorism was a, had, had subsided significantly. We knew it was still there, but it subsided for the last five, six, seven years, and now it seems to be back with the rage. Sometimes elections matter. Sometimes the leadership even over here in Washington matters in what happens around the world. We're seeing more and more instability, Ukraine, Russia, Far East, China, now the Middle East, now Israel in our own streets. My goodness, these need to be days of prayer for us. We need to be people who are people of action as well. Those who are here every day, thank you for joining me, being a part of this, allowing me to have the chance to speak into your life. I'll be at Purdue uh, doing a conference this weekend in Purdue, just outside Purdue, Indiana. And then next week, the plan is to be in Ames, Iowa at Iowa State University on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you're in the area, come on out and uh, say hi and join us as we do evangelism out on the campus. God bless you. I love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.